Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're super excited. We are taking on a worthwhile endeavor at Life Success and Legacy. Our intention is to honor Nelson Nash, the man, as well as the infinite banking concept. We're going to create a series of resources, including podcasts and text, as a resource for others who want to truly understand with depth and clarity what Nelson shared in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, as well as the many seminars and think tanks that we were fortunate to have attended during his life. So who is this intended audience? Well, we will use Nelson Nash's own words. It is written for the layman, not for financial advisors, but all life agents should be thoroughly knowledgeable of its content and practice. So whether you are an individual, part of a family, a business owner, or a life insurance agent, this is for you. So sit back, relax, and we will walk you through becoming your own banker step-by-step so you can reference the parts you want to revisit at your own pace. And we might have a little fun along the way. Hey, welcome back. Uh, Thanks for joining us on the Life Success and Legacy podcast. Chris Bay and Mike Everett here having fun sharing with you guys um, parts of the Nelson Nash uh, life's work, becoming your own banker. We've been digging through section two, which is the human problems. And we are now on page 35, which is use it or lose it. One of Mike Everett's favorite things to talk about when we're mm. in boot camps. I can imagine you standing up there in front of an audience talking about use it or lose it. I'm telling uh, you. To, let's jump into use it or lose it, Mike Everett. What, what is it um, for our listeners? What is it that Nelson's trying to get across here when he talks about use it or lose it? Well, um, basically with infinite banking, you're creating a, a monetary system. And uh, when he talks about use it or lose it, he's talking about a number of things. And one of the things that I always share right off the bat is we all have arms and legs. If we quit using our arms and legs, do we lose the use of our arms and legs? And I can example your shoulder when you had uh, surgery on your shoulder, 1999 had shoulder surgery. They strapped my arms straight to my body for eight weeks And then at the end of eight weeks, they unstrapped my arm from my body and it literally dropped to my side. (laughs) And the guy gave me a one pound weight and he said, lift this away from your body. I couldn't move the one pound (laughs) weight. Um, That was an eye opening moment to me, Mm -hmm. especially when we were talking about use it or lose it. So good, bad or indifferent we share with people, our money is exactly the same, but yet we've all been taught to put our money over into a 401k, an IRA, a mutual fund, and let it sit. Well, what are those people doing with our money? Well, they're investing it, they're using it. In fact, those companies are doing 100% opposite of what they're telling us to do with our money. They're telling us to let it sit for 20, 30 years, but the minute they get it, they start using it. So it, it's, it's confusing at first, yeah. but once you've opened up your mind, like what we helped people do in the arrival syndrome, mm-hmm. because we're helping people open their minds up to think differently. So um, the three questions we always ask are, number one, are income taxes going up or down? 
You decide. Number two, the money that you have, is it worth more today or worth more tomorrow? And number three, when thinking of income taxes, do we want to pay on the little amount or the big amount? Yeah. Well, all of these questions are simple answers, but yet when people's minds are completely open and they're ready to take a different uh, avenue, they will realize that what they've done is they've given these companies, and I don't care who those companies are, it could be your local bank, it could be a a 401k or a 403b, you're wanting to let your money sit over here. And then 30 years from now, you get to pull it out. Well, what's happened to income taxes? They've gone up. What's happened to the value of your dollars? They've gone down. These are actually worthless dollars. But yet that's what everybody is doing. So we're helping people think differently about the direction that they may go. Well, it, it you know, Nelson talks about all of these human problems, um, whether it's Parkinson's law, Willie Sutton's law, the golden rule, the arrival syndrome, use it or lose it, all of them kind of come together. And what they really are about is overcoming our human nature. A hundred percent. I just reminded, um, you know, those who have the gold make the rules. Um, there, we've talked about this in the past. There, there's, we have clients who work for, you know, state organizations and they're forced to uh, contribute to their 401k or 403b they can't access that money they can't take loans Mm -mm. from it and that's another example going back to a previous um, human problem is the those who have the gold make the rules they control it they do they they don't have choices with it so um, so for many people talk about this a little bit um, it is a, it can be a challenge for people to see, use it or lose it, especially as it relates to what they've been taught about setting money aside in mutual funds, 401ks, things like that. Um, what are the challenges? Why do people have challenges with this whole idea of use it or lose it? What do you think they run up against when we present this other alternative approach to using their money? Well, we are in a rut in life. Most people, when they come to us, they're in that rut of life. They've learned that you work Monday through Friday, eight to five, and you participate in your retirement plan, whatever that is, or you put money aside into an IRA or a mutual fund. And so we get into these ruts, and we've talked about this early on. These ruts that we have in our brain that we've been taught about money are deep. And sometimes, Nelson used to say this, it's almost impossible for some people to get out of the ruts. Mm -hmm. And so there's... I I was in a rut. I mean, back in my days when I I was 22 years in the school system, I was doing my, my 403B contributions. I had my Kansas public retirement, all those kinds of things. And it scared me to death. Now, one of the things that was nice is I really didn't have to think about it or study it. That's right. I just abdicated, as Nelson <laughs> talked about earlier, I abdicated my control, my thought process, all of those things to just have my money taken away and then just hope and pray and trust that those people who have been teaching that, you know, use it or lose it, that that money's sitting over there. And what's crazy is once it kind of clicked for me, 
And, and once I actually resigned from the school district and got access to my 403B, my capers and all that stuff, and I liquidated all of it in one year, yeah. our wind current on our debt. And if you think about that, if, if I was contributing for 22 years, that's, a, that's a large <laughs> amount of money. That is a huge tax and penalty bill. And no financial planner out there is going to recommend that I do Not that. one. And yet I recovered my taxes and my penalties within eight months simply by using that money to flip our wind current from a, from a headwind to a tailwind. And now all that money is sitting in a vehicle that is growing, mm. guaranteed by contract. I have access to it tax-free. And oh, by the way, when I pass away, the, the policies that are on me, and we've got 10 policies now, but right. when the policies that insure me, um, when I die, those death benefits go to the beneficiaries tax-free as well. That's so right. I don't really care what happens to the tax rate, <laughs> right? That's right. I mean, that whole, that whole idea of putting your money aside for 30 years and letting it set, not knowing what the tax rate's going to be is, is essentially the same thing as taking out a loan at the bank and, and you saying, hey, what's the interest you're going to charge me? And they're like, oh, we'll deal with that later on. <laughs> when would you ever take a loan at the bank not knowing what the interest rate was going you to be? Wouldn't. You would, but I'm going to read something right out of the middle of this uh, third paragraph. It says, a lifetime of accumulated information that determines how one conducts oneself. The fact that this conclusion may be based on fallacious information is beside the point. So part of the thing is we've been all programmed a certain way to think about money in, in a particular way. Mm -hmm. And so part of what we've got to um, get people to think differently about is all of the things that we have believed about money. Yeah. And of course, I start all of our, our boot camps and webinars, and I share with people, oh, by the way, everything that you've learned about money and banking is based on lies and deception. Our job at Life Success and Legacy is to uncover the lies and deception and to share truths with you that have been around and have been doing the same thing years and years and years. And yet we have never learned those to be able to apply those things in our lives. Yeah. And um, so we're, we're just trying to pass on the truth that Nelson taught us. That's it. You know, in the best way we can with our personalities, our skill sets, we're just trying to convey <laughs> what Nelson laid the, the foundation for. Nelson says the infinite banking concept is dealing with a totally different paradigm. And it is, it is a flip of the switch. In it how is. You talked about the ruts, man, it oh is boy. So get out of those ruts. Sometimes it is about creating a personal monetary system. Okay. Now let's jump into EVA. All oh right. Boy. Um, Okay, you, you know this stuff inside and out. Jump into this Fortune Magazine article and tell us what EVA is. Well, we referenced uh, a little bit of the uh, Fortune Magazine article written in 1993 back in the Arrival Center, but now we're going to hit on exactly what um, this article uh, detailed. It, it detailed a concept called economic value added, EVA. So basically what is economic value added 
So all the concept amounts to is the recognition of the fact that your own capital has a cost as well as that which you've been borrowed from banks. So I'm going to give you kind of a picture. Okay, so this is my scale. On the right-hand side of the scale, we have our what we call outside debt. That's our mortgages, our car loans, our credit card debt, student loans, business loans. Are these loans that you must make payments on every single month? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's called outside debt. This is money that's once you get paid, it, it goes out the door and you never see those dollars again. Outside debt. But what if in a relatively short time, we could move that debt to what we call inside debt. So here's our scale. This is outside debt. What if we moved it over to inside debt? This is debt now that you control. So think about the payments that you're making on your house, cars, credit cards, and, and the like. If you were making those payments over to your side of the scale, how fast would that money grow? It would grow very quickly. Yeah, I'm telling you, for some of our clients, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,500 to $5,000 a month that they would be able to put inside a system. But then on top of that, you have access to those dollars again, income tax free, and you can continue to do this cycle over and over and over. But then how do you apply economic value added, which really that's what we're talking about. Economic value added. So if all of a sudden over here, your house mortgage is, let's say, four and a half, your credit cards, 12 percent, your student loans, 10 percent and your car loans, 8 percent. If you are paying those percentages over here on this side where you had to make those payments every month. Do you think it would be right to be able to pay yourself those same percentages on this side of the scale? Nelson would say yes and amen. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's again another part of that paradigm. If let's say, for example, you've got somebody out there who is a save up and pay cash for things. Yeah. Right? Well, that is that sinking fund. They're saving up. Yeah. They take that money and they go purchase a car, and then they start saving up for the next next one. Well, what if they use that money, and they went and paid for that car, but then they charge themselves the interest and the what payment? If? that they would have had to pay to the bank. Wouldn't that pile of money grow even more? It would grow quicker and quicker. And even better, what if they stored that in a life insurance policy that gave them death benefit and uninterrupted growth even when they sunk their fund? It's still growing as if they never borrowed money from it. It's I mean, really it, unbelievable. It is. It's simple. <laughs> it's really simple, but it's it's not hard. It, it's not easy to, to grasp because we've been in our ruts. We've been That's taught right. different ways. That's right. Absolutely. So um, there was another Fortune uh, magazine uh, article in May of 1995. Mm. says EVA works, but not if you make these common mistakes. And they point out what those points might, might have been. <laughs> these points are, pro and you know, I, I, you know, I've read my book, hundreds of times right and for the longest time i would skip through these uh, these uh five bullet points 
Well, the common mistakes are, and we're going to share these common mistakes with our listeners right now. Number one, they don't make it a way of life. So if you are serious about IBC, we want to show you as infinite banking practitioners and coaches, how you can actually utilize your system and make it a way of life. Are there going to be bumps in the road? You better believe there are. We already know that they're coming. So part of what you do is you reference us as your coaches and you use us as assets to be able to get through the hard times or the bumps in the road. So making it a way of life is sometimes difficult. Number two, most managers try to implement EVA too fast. So. Oh, Mike froze there for just a little bit. Mike was talking about the uh, mistakes that happen. Most managers try to implement EVA too fast. Um, and, and then the next bullet is the boss lacks conviction. The next bullet is managers fuss too much. And then the last one is training gets short shrift. What I like to do is to apply these to a family. Let's just bring it down home to, to our family. And uh, so what does that look like? if we don't make it a way of life. Let, let's say that we, we purchase a car and we take a loan against our policy and we, we use that money to purchase the vehicle and we decide we don't want to make those payments back to our system because we'd rather use that capital in, in our monthly budget, okay? That's an example of not making it a way of life. Uh, most managers try to implement EVA too fast so what he's talking about there is you haven't had the opportunity to um, build up enough capital or maybe you've tried to turn the wind current too fast and you can't, you don't have enough cash flow inside your system to be an honest banker and make loan repayments back to your system. And, and so that's where our coaching comes in is we help people not take it too fast. We, we lay out a plan, uh, you know, we support close to a thousand clients. And, and less than, I think, five of them have dropped their policies. That's because, one, we don't um, overextend them with their plans. We educate them, and then we support them with the coaching in an ongoing basis. So uh, the boss lacks conviction. The boss, we all know who the boss is, right, in our household. So that if it's husband and wife, it's that we as a couple are not convicted on this. We're not aligned, we're not on the same page. And uh, it's really important that we are aligned. In fact, we won't let couples move ahead unless they are both on the same page with uh, applying infinite banking and applying uh, EVA. Hey, Mike Everett, you're coming back to us. Ah, uh, so you know, this is a bad thing about living in the country. The internet sometimes, <laughs> it goes down. That's just the way life is. No worries. Where I was is, just walking, I was walking through those, uh, those five points and I was applying it to a family set. Yeah, there we go. That's where I was going. That's great. And, and I just was talking about the boss lacks conviction and how if a husband and wife are not aligned mm. in, in going down the road of IBC, it's not going to work out. It's going to create friction. It's going to be a problem for them. Absolutely. And then managers fuss too much. What would that look like in a family setting? Well, if you've got a husband and wife in there, once again, you say that if they're not on the same page and they're not mm -hmm. aligned, I'm going to tell you what, 
it's uh, it, there's going to be some fussiness and there's going to be some friction that's going to happen. So we want to make sure this is part of our process of being able to have the client dream conversation. So husbands and wives, families are on the same page as they're navigating this uh, new thought process with, with IBC. Mike, on this last bullet, I want to ask you, on average, what would you say the range is that clients spend with us in education and working on plans and, and Q&A and all that stuff before we even get to the place of like doing an application or anything? Five to 10 hours. Yeah. Five to 10 hours. That includes uh, them reading the book, them going to the website to listen to podcasts, uh, doing a webinar or a boot camp. Uh, doing the client dream conversation, then being able to present their plan to them. And then we find out if this is the right avenue for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the last bullet point is training gets short shrift. We take our training and our education <laughs> super, super. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it's at a different level, I think, than, uh, than many out there. Uh, we've decided that the education piece for us is the number one thing. Good stuff on those bullets about EVA. Um, Nelson now rolls into talking about really it's a, it's a totally different point of reference. And he says, even at our infinite banking concept think tanks, yep. sometimes people who are there learning and sometimes even people who are there teaching it, right? Yep. So get stuck on the point of interest rates. And Nelson says that is a fatal error. It has to do with recognizing where money is flowing to and the failure of charging interest to yourself for the things that you buy using your own banking system. Mm. Where is it that you see people getting hung up on the interest rate piece? Well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get people that ask questions like what's the interest rate that they're charging you for policy loans. Mm -hmm. We'll have people ask about the dividends from the life insurance company. Mm -hmm. um, so once again, what we've got to do is we've got to be able to educate the client. Remember I said that all of the things we learned about money and banking were based on lies. And so part of what we've got to be able to show them, even with their own numbers, that the interest rate doesn't matter. The dividend doesn't matter. It's who controls the banking function in your life. Mike, I think an example, and, and it's tough to do without visuals, but yep. uh, I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit. But you use a CD example in our uh, boot camps. And, and I think that's interesting when people get stuck on the, on the interest rate. Can you just highlight the CD example that you talk about? Well, basically we get people who want to go pay cash for a car, let's say, and they've, they've saved X number of dollars. It doesn't even really matter how much they've got. But let's say all of a sudden we, we say, why don't you go put that money in a CD and let's just pretend that they're going to pay you 4%. And th they go, great. Then you can use the CD as collateral, but then you can borrow the money from that same bank at 6% and you can go get your car. And 99.9% .9 of the people go, I don't want to do that. Right, right. So they're paying you four and they're charging you six. But here's the thing we always share. Is there any chance that the payments 
that you're going to pay towards that loan? Or is there any chance that your CD will be worth more than the payments that you make towards that loan, even though they're charging you 2% more? And almost 100% of the people say, no way. Right. But yet at the end of that time period, there's more money in the CD than what you paid in on the loan. So at the end of the day, that customer has the CD. Yep. They've got their car and they've got ah. extra money as well. So, so what Mike's saying is if you control the banking function, you're well off, you're, you're in a way better position. And the interest rate really isn't the factor that comes into play because with that CD, that is an ever increasing balance that is compounding on the 4%. The loan at the bank is an ever decreasing balance, even though it's on a higher percentage, 6%, it's a decreasing balance. So if you have 4% on an increasing balance and 6% on a decreasing balance, you're actually going to end up ahead by leveraging that CD, even though the loan is at a higher interest rate. But, and so that, that's just another example of how Nelson says it's not about the interest rates. It's about who controls the banking function. That's exactly right. Yep. Okay. So uh, Nelson says, anytime you can cut out the payment of interest to others and direct that same market rate of interest to an entity that you own and control, which is subject to minimal taxation, then you have improved your situation. 100%. Goes back to the golden rule. Those yep. who control the gold those who control their banking function, you're going to be in a better position. You get to make the rules. You have great mm -hmm. flexibility. He lands on here, just like economic value added to be effective, IBC must become a way of life. You must use it or lose it. Good stuff. Super good. Any last words on use it or lose it, Mike Everett? No, sorry, my internet was all goofed up, but uh, we just want to remind people that we are here to be coaches and advocates right alongside people while they're utilizing their system. We don't yeah. just we don't just make the sale and move on. We want to be a part of their uh, a part of their lives and a part of their system and help them to be able to control it in a much more effective way. Yeah, just to give some context for people, um, part of our team, Shelley Forbes, our client coordinator, and myself. We probably spend about 75% of our time supporting our existing clients. Um, and so that gives you an idea that we are serious about supporting our clients. We're not looking for mass numbers of clients. Nope. We're looking for good quality people that they like us, we like them, they believe in IBC, and, and we invest in them uh, at a deep level. So, all right, Mike Everett, thank you for your words on use it or lose it on page 35. We are going to, in our next podcast, this will be fun. We're going to jump into creating the entity on page 36. So we'll look forward to that. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. Uh, check out our website, Life, Success, and Legacy. We've got a bunch of podcasts on there dating back to 2016. Um, if you want to go back to the very beginning when we were really outlining some of the basics of infinite banking, go back to those very early uh, podcasts, uh, oldies but goodies. And uh, thanks for joining us. If you don't have a copy of Nelson's book, uh, grab that off our website at lifesuccessandlegacy.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time.